52% of e-commerce grocery customers have left the channel since last year. That's according to recent data from Symphony AI Retail CPG. While digital shopping remains a popular choice for many, this notable drop in how consumers shop for their groceries should raise some eyebrows with retailers. This significant decrease presents a mounting challenge for retailers to meet the new needs of the e-commerce shopper. To discuss this issue and the role AI can play in helping retailers meet this challenge, is Josh McCann, head of HQ Client Delivery and Analytics at Symphony AI Retail CPG. Josh, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, great. It's great to be here. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Uh, always interesting to see how consumers are shopping uh, both in-store and through the digital platforms, The what feels like the constant uh, evolution and changes. Uh, and it's a challenge for retailers to kind of keep up with it. It seems like it's almost a day-to-day endeavor uh, as these companies and as the retailers try to keep up with what the consumers want. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get started, Josh, when we talk about um, the survey that uh, Symphony AI uh, Retail CPG did, and it's showing that 52% drop um, what are the, some of the reasons behind that shift? Yeah, well, so just to be clear, that's 52% of the shoppers that were in the e-commerce channel last year are no longer in the e-commerce channel this year. That doesn't mean that the shopper base dropped by 50%, but it means it's really volatile. And I think that's you know what we're seeing is just a higher level and a higher degree of competition in the space. There's more places, more areas, more ways to fulfill that. Uh, that online shopping need. So retailers are, are fighting. I think, you know, what you've seen in the past is acquisition was the way to grow, right? Customer acquisition, taking your in-store shoppers and, uh, you know, making them omni-channel. There's a lot of benefits to that. But what I think is missing in some cases is that focus on retention. And I think that's the way that retailers are likely to start to slow that progression of customers leaving the channel is to take that work and effort that they're putting against uh, acquisition and making sure that you're using all the tools and data to your uh, advantage to try to retain them as well. Obviously, the last three years have been tumultuous, to say the least, um, for retail grocery um, in particular. Uh, the last year, I think the biggest uh, issue out there has been inflation. Uh, has inflation played any role uh, in this drop? I think inflation's played a role in everything. And I don't think there's a customer out there that hasn't been affected in one or, or many ways uh, through inflation. So I don't think anything in the channel is immune. Uh, but, you know, I think we can talk about how just understanding different customer demographics and customer groups can maybe help to, to dig into that. But we didn't specifically see the role of, of inflation because it's just permeating throughout, uh, you know, pretty much everything we see in the customer. In terms of demographics, when we kind of focus on Gen Z now, millennials, Gen X, and uh, boomers as, as sort of the big four that we focus on, mm-hmm. any differences when we when you look at this decline? Any differences among the age groups and and who kind of backed away from you know from the e-commerce side? So our panel doesn't really use traditional demographics uh, in that way. So what we did instead is looked at some specific customer profiles and a couple that popped out that we thought were pretty interesting. One was we looked at customers that are sensitive to own brands products. And then we also looked at customers that are sensitive to promotion. And what we found is that both were were growing in store. So the the proportion of customers in the stores, um, this customer profile is growing. But the more interesting piece is they're actually growing faster in the e-commerce channel. So as you think about 
actions and, and things to do to take and, and dig into that you know, retention issue that we found. These are two customer groups that can be very insightful to, to use to your advantage. And, and we thought that that bucked a bit of the, maybe the preconceived notions of what an e-commerce customer is. Uh, you know, I, I think that that was, was quite insightful and we found many uh, people that were excited in understanding how to use tools of technology to, to leverage that to their advantage. The people who backed away from shopping for their groceries through e-commerce, yeah. um, presumably they haven't stopped shopping for groceries. They've just changed their habits. Um, is, is there, when you look at the data, are there any retailers that took a bigger hit than others or others maybe that were positively impacted because people were going back to the stores? Um, you know, what was the impact, you know, retailer to retailer, if you will? So the panel that we have across the U.S. and Europe, we, you know, there were 50 million households. We don't actually differentiate by retailer. But I, I think you're spot on in the fact that when people leave the e-commerce channel, they're, they're not just stopping their, their shopping. So, you know, what we found is we looked and dug into that, you know, 50 percent of customers that left the channel. We found 40 percent of that group actually left the retailer completely. So we know that they're going somewhere and that's and that's a big problem. So there's obviously connective tissue between the online shop, right, that e-commerce uh, use case and their overall shopping behavior. So, again, another really important reason uh, to try to retain them. Now, the other 60 percent of the customers that left the channel still did shop in store. But what we found that was concerning about that is they actually declined their shop or their spend by 16 percent uh, when they did that. So, again, that 16% is not just going into thin air. That is likely, very likely going to another e-commerce company or another e-commerce you know, retailer, and you've just lost that shop. So it's a, you know, it's a concerning factor. Um, I guess one other interesting thing that we found is that we thought you know, maybe in the height of that pandemic, everyone was forced to, or many were forced to use e-commerce, and that the people that are lapsing now are just those that have come back and said, look, I don't have to shop in e-commerce anymore. I didn't like the experience for whatever reason. But we actually found that there's a higher rate of churn or people leaving the, the channel for folks that have joined after the pandemic than during. So it's it's not an issue that that, comp- that group of, of customers that were forced are now really no longer wanting to, to participate in the channel. It's, it's really about saying that this is a competitive and dynamic space and retailers have to fight to uh, acquire and then retain those customers going forward. Right, that's interesting. And I think there was maybe some thought to um, once, and this goes back now at least, you know, almost two years when the world opened up again, that people wanted to go out and they wanted to go in store. It became a social avenue for some people who, you know, wanted to feel like, hey, I could leave the house and actually go do something. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the pandemic definitely changed people's behavior in ways that we're still you know, really starting to understand. Um, but I think what we found and what I've you know read in, in many of the industry articles that yes, there, there was a bit of a downtick, but people are still cooking at home more. People are still finding significant value in the convenience that the e-commerce channel brings and, you know, have used it for some very specific needs to, you know, to fulfill that while still being able to go in store as well. So we've sort of, we've kind of looked at this issue, and there's there's obviously an, an, an another challenge out there for retailers who seemingly, as I said earlier, face challenges every week. Um, from the standpoint of what they're doing right with e-commerce, can you give us like an overview of what you're seeing being done really well by retailers to engage 
um, shoppers when it comes to, you know, how they buy their groceries through e-commerce? Yeah, I, I think the ones that are doing well uh, are doing well because they're being nimble and they're using all of the, the, you know, the tools and the data to their advantage. So one, one example that's maybe a little um, that, that I think would be interesting is we found there's been a big change and shift in the type of baskets that are coming through uh, e-commerce. So just recently, small baskets now account for a larger percentage of e-commerce shops than do large baskets. And when you think about what e-commerce normally is, it's big baskets, it's your full shop. Well, that's that's changed, right? That dynamic is changing and retailers have to adapt in order to capture that growth. And and that's really the important you know insight coming out of this was the big basket from an overall channel standpoint is not growing. It's not delivering revenue growth. Small baskets are. So some of it is self-preservation. You know, you got to adapt to survive. But, uh, you know, this ability to be nimble and go after that small basket has led to retailers doing things like partnering with third parties to you know, deliver and even pick those things. So you see in both Europe and in the U.S., companies like uh, Instacart or Uber Eats, right, that are fulfilling those transactions, but giving the retailer the opportunity to fulfill that. Uh, similarly, you see examples where uh, subscription services are being used to, for a retailer to capture those, those costs, right, the delivery costs up front, and remove the friction of that from a customer standpoint. But again, it's, I, I think that's maybe a less intuitive example, but it's about being, you know, being nimble and finding ways to cater to what the customer is asking for. Um, you know, I think we'll, we'll get into a bit more about how AI helps with that, but I think catering, being really tactically specific about the ways that you uh, provide the customer what they're looking for is where people are doing things right today. And then from a standpoint um, of improvement, there's always room for improvement. Yeah. What do you think um, these retailers could be doing better? An interesting thing that we found in the study was that we looked at own brands items and, and we found that there was a lot of examples of top selling in-store own brands items that weren't even available for purchase online. So I mentioned we did that work about looking at own brand sensitive customers, right? They're, they count for, I think, 35% of, of online shoppers and like 30% of in-store shoppers. If you want to attract and retain an own brand sensitive customer, you better offer their top items. So understanding the assortment and the range for the customers that you're trying to focus on, I think is somewhere where there's an opportunity to, to, you know, to improve or to, to gain as well. And, and we tried to put a number to that where if we were just to take the top 10% of the items that are missing, right, top 10% sales um, in-store items and offer them online, we think that's worth almost a full percentage point of e-commerce revenue growth, which is a big deal. I mean, the channel... Uh, in the study we talked about was not growing. It was actually in the most recent data was down a percent. So just doing that would almost get, you know, the e-commerce channel back to flat by ensuring your offering is matching what the consumers need. It's interesting to hear you say that about own brands, because I think that's been a big talking point with the retailers. And I know as we closed out last year and at the start of this year, I was down at a, a conference in Florida in January. Mm -hmm. And one of the things a lot of retailers talked about with private label was they need to raise the profile of their own brands on their apps and on their websites yep. because either they weren't there or consumers were having a hard time finding them. And given the growth we've seen with private label products, that, that was a, a, something that they were working to address. Um, here we're nine months into the year now, and apparently they're still trying to address it. But 
uh, seems like it's an ongoing challenge to you know level the playing field between what they offer from a branded standpoint uh, and a, a national brand standpoint, if you will, and then an, uh, their own brand. So uh, and definitely an ongoing challenge indeed. Yeah, it is. I mean, we've seen a few examples of, of retailers that have done a nice job of taking own brands items and using them in suggestions or if there's a promotionally sensitive customer saying, hey, here's a, an item that's a great value or an own brands that we have today. So using the experience to, you know, to drive the brands and you know, to your point, elevate what you can get from own brands. Um, it's you know, some blocking and tackling, but there, there are some that are doing a good job out there, but yeah, others still have some, uh, some room to work. Undoubtedly this year from a tech standpoint, AI has been the hot topic. Uh, we've talked about it all year as a learning curve for a lot of people. Some are scared of it. Some want to embrace it. It's all over the place, but it's a hot topic and it's a fascinating technology. Uh, from the standpoint, I guess, of where we are right now with AI, what role can it play and helping you know the retailers improve that connection with shoppers, you know when they are out there looking for their grocers. Yeah, I think the the most clear cut way is about helping to drive to the specific needs and desires of a of a customer. I mean, AI can help take the mountains and mountains of data that a retailer has at their disposal and and use that to their advantage to be able to bring own brands products to an own brand sensitive customer and you know push them up the uh, up the way from a, a suggestion standpoint, it's you know it's all about using that to improve the experience and make it feel really personal for a customer when you're in a digital environment like e-commerce or in media. I mean, there's a many digital and uh, is a huge area of you know of growth in the retail space, and AI can help to utilize all of that information and that data that exists and put it in front of the consumer in a way that is really meaningful and relevant to them. So AI from a customer standpoint, me as the shopper, mm -hmm. over time, it would start to learn my patterns, what I buy. Maybe if I bought item A and item B three or four times, in, you know, over the, at the same time over the last couple of months, mm -hmm. would it start to like say, hey, that item you bought is on sale? I mean, how personal do you get um, with that shopping experience? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's exactly what AI helps to, to bring to the table is to learn the patterns and preferences of a specific customer and serve the right item. It could be the right content and from a media standpoint and offering. I mean, one of the tools that Symphony AI offers is a targeting engine just to do what you talked about, where it can take your product preferences and tie that to exactly what's being offered by the retailer or, you know, what uh, a, a great substitute product could be as well. So, you know, consumers, probably haven't realized that AI has been helping them along for a while. It's it's a hot topic now, but it's not actually that new. Uh, and so from a consumer standpoint, you know, in many cases, it's probably transparent to the benefits they're getting. They're just seeing my retail experience has been great. That retailer knows me. And that's in large part because that retailer is probably undertaken and, and really using AI to their advantage. From, from the retailer standpoint, you know, some tips and what they need to know um, when they're using AI or maybe just now incorporating it, you know, into how they connect with their shoppers? Yeah, I, I think the first thing they need to realize is AI is approachable. Uh, I think there's a mystique sometimes that becomes intimidating for, for some folks. And, and that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. 
you know, one of the biggest benefits that AI can bring, and it's, you know, one of the tenants that we really try to, to help our retail partners with is, is saving time for decision makers, you know, bringing the insights, the data, and, you know, going through that mountain of information and taking an exercise that probably would take, you know, many, many hours for somebody like a category manager or a decision maker and bringing them the relevant information, you know, in minutes and seconds. So that time savings allows them to do something else much more value added. And I think that honestly, that understanding of the approachability and just the benefit in time is a great starting point. There's all the personalization that we just talked about. And, you know, there's the ability to optimize uh, promotions and optimize assortment and all these things that are done through AI. That is also there. And that's probably where there's more and more, uh, you know, increasing benefit now. But the place that we've seen really uh, start and help people down that progression is just to help them save time because time is money and time is super valuable. Josh, with AI, is there any learning curve for consumers or, or is it all mainly on the back end, you know, for the retailer who's who's using this as a tool right now? Yeah, I think in retail, it's largely transparent because what is happening is you're being served the right offer for the product that you like or you're able to see better in-stock conditions because there's a model that helps to, you know, determine the best supply chain efficiencies. Um, I think there's other industries and, and maybe some in retail where you have things like a chat bot, right, that actually is an, you know, an AI-enabled uh, entity that you might, as a consumer, react to. But for the most part in retail, you're, like I said, you're, you're just going to see a great experience. You're going to have the items you want on the shelf at the right time. You're going to get your, you know, your pick slot because the retailer knows that there's enough uh, enough orders to to fulfill the need, and you know it. Uh, it should just come as a great experience for you as you go through the store. And ultimately, we started this conversation talking about those fifty two percent of shoppers who have backed away from e commerce as it pertains to grocery. Mm-hmm. Um, how can AI be an asset to the grocery retailers out there and help them win those customers back? So I think the first is leverage the time savings so that you can apply your time and effort against something else, right? Take the, the things that are done on a repeated standpoint or you know, going through mountains of reports and let AI help you to, to get to the right insight quickly. Uh, and then it's about being super relevant on a customer by customer basis. And you know, that's gonna come by using the information and, and the technology to identify who's growing with you. Like we, like I mentioned at the outset, right? Small baskets and small basket customers are growing. You have own brands, sensitive customers and promotion sensitive customers that are growing. So ensure that you're catering your offering very specifically to those groups. Uh, I mean, another example is you can use AI to build a model. And this is one of the things we did in the study as well to say of the customers that have not shopped uh, in e-commerce over the last five years, there was like 83% of customers still hadn't shopped. So there's a big you know, acquisition base still out there. But how do you do that in an efficient way to go after those customers and using an AI model to help to identify the like 5.5%, I think that we found that were really solid targets is a great way to then do that in an efficient manner. So it can not only help you be effective, but it can help you be efficient and, uh, and cost effective. We know we're talking about e-commerce today, it has extra costs that, uh, you know, you have to offset and being really efficient and getting ROI on those acquisition uh, offers is, you know, another great way that AI can help to 
go after that 50, 52% and uh, you know, find new households to replace them and or then do a better job of uh, retaining them over time.